So I want to say good morning or good afternoon, whatever it may be for you, and welcome back to another installation of Video Blog for Compelling Ministries. This month as we come to you, I want to, to kind of pick up where we were last month and talking about sin and overcoming sin and the ability to come out of sin and to, to be able to overcome and to walk a life that God has called us to walk, to become like Jesus and, and overcoming sin, overcoming the, the attacks of the enemy and not succumbing to what he has laid a trap for you, but yet going through the trial, going through the testing, going through the things of life and being an overcomer. But this morning I come to you out of 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, and I'm reading out of the New King James, and it says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. And I'm going to stop there for a moment. And Paul is talking and he's writing to Timothy and he's addressing himself by saying that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And let's just talk about this for a moment. Jesus came to set people free. Jesus came to save sinners. That is why he came to set at right the relationship to the Father. And all of us were born sinners. After Adam, after he had sinned, he and Eve, and sin came into mankind from thereafter, even until now, every one of us were born as a sinner. But Jesus came to save us from our sin. Jesus came to restore relationship with the Father. And Paul is telling Timothy, I, I, I am the chief of all sinners. In other words, I needed it as much as anyone else. I needed salvation. I, Jason, I need salvation as much as anyone else. I needed Jesus to come and to restore and to make all things new. I needed a Savior. I needed salvation. I needed a Lord. I needed Him to come and to rescue me, to give me a way out, a way of escape from a life of sin, a life of death. For the wages of sin is death. But the, that verse continues into saying, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And again, he says right here that Jesus Christ came to save sinners. That's where it starts, is in salvation. That is not the end of all. That is the beginning of life in Jesus is salvation. And the next verse in verse 16 says, However... For this reason I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show all longsuffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. For everlasting life, the longsuffering of Jesus in our life. When I come to him and I cry out in that what we call a sinner's prayer and we, we declare Jesus to be the Lord of our life, we declare Jesus that we love you and we receive and we welcome your forgiveness and we bow our, our, our lives, our hearts to you. We bow ourselves, we give ourselves to you fully in full surrender. That is where it begins. But from there, we go forth and we go and we allow the workings of God in our lives to set us free. It's not just about the beginning. It's not just about salvation. Yes, that is a most important day in our life, but that is the beginning of your walk with God. That is 
That is where life really begins, is in my salvation, but that is not where it ends. Where it is ends is in my relationship with Him, and growing in depths of understanding in Him, and coming out of a life of sin, coming out of a life of, of surrender to death, and into a life of surrender to life called Jesus, a lifestyle of giving myself in full surrender to Him. It says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, in verse 10, For to this end we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. He is the Savior. It's there, the gift is there, but we must take that gift as ours. Salvation is there. It's a free gift for those who would only believe. But understand this. If you are in your life right now and you don't believe in Jesus, you don't believe him to be your Savior and Lord, you haven't called upon him in your time of need to save you and rescue you. If he is not your Lord and Savior, you're everything of your life. If you're not in complete surrender to him, then know this, on the day of your death, when you stand before God and you give account for that which you've done, you will not spend eternity with Jesus. The only way to spend eternity with Jesus is to live a life of full surrender to him, to, to, to declare, I love you, Jesus, and you are the Lord and Savior of my life. And then to live your life as a lifestyle of surrender to him, a lifestyle of brokenness and, and humility before God. That is the true life, is to give up your pleasure, your life, your desires to say, yes, I surrender to you, Jesus. What would you have me do? My life is no longer my own. I am yours. Well, see, people ask, how do I come out of a life of sin? How do I come out of what we all know and talk about in Romans, you know, chapter six and seven and eight, where Paul declaring, you know, the things that I wanted to do is what I don't do, and what I didn't want to do is what I do, and how do I come out of that lifestyle? And I'm telling you right now, it comes out of relationship with Jesus. It comes out of surrender. And I'm going to read a few of these verses out of Romans. In chapter 7 and in verse 24, it says, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? O wretched man that I am the life of sin that I was born into, who will deliver me from that? In the next verse, he says, but I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin, chapter eight, verse one, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And we love to quote that part of the verse, but we must continue in that verse where it says, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. We like to quote the part that says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But to claim that part of the verse, we must then go into the next part where it says, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. To come out of a life of sin, to come out of a habitual just you can't come out of sin. You know, someone tells me you can't, you can't live an overcoming life. You can't, you can't come out of a life of surrender to sin. And I'm telling you, you can, but it only comes through Jesus. It comes from 
walking according to the Spirit of God. It comes from a life of surrender and fellowship to the Spirit of God. It's His Spirit abiding in me that's the guarantee of what's to come. It's the Spirit of God that dwells in me that even brings salvation to my heart. And if the Spirit of God is not dwelling in my heart, then I am not born again. There must be a regeneration. There must be something that takes place inside of me, a change that happens where I was dead. But now I become alive by the Spirit of God that dwells inside of me. It's the dwelling of His presence inside of me that brings the guarantee of life after death. Whenever I die, I know what's coming because I have the guarantee already living inside of me. His name is Jesus. His presence, His Spirit dwells in me. I walk with Him. And as the old hymn says, and I walk with Him and talk with Him. I love Him. He tells me He loves me. I am His and He is mine. And I walk not according to my fleshly desire, but according to the Spirit's desire in me because I am led inside by His Spirit. And if you, you can continue in that chapter, but in chapter 8, if we continue there in verse 12, it says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Verse 13, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you will put to death the deeds of the body, and you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. That is a weighty and deep verse. The sons of God, the daughters of God, are led by His Spirit. They're led by His presence. They, they have fellowship with Him. And to flip back into Romans chapter 6, and there's so much in these verses I just don't have time in this setting to talk about. But to just give an overview of it, we, in chapter 6 of Romans verse 1, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Verse 2, certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? It, it is imperative brothers and sisters, that we come out of a lifestyle of sin. So many tell me you can't do it, and I'm telling you, if you say you can't, then you're not living by the Spirit of God. You're not living according to the freedom that Jesus really brought for us, and He bought with His own blood. He purchased for us. The redemption that we claim to have through salvation is not just so we can be saved. It's so we can be saved and come out of a life of sin. It's so I don't have to give in to anger anymore. I don't have to be bound to lust and bitterness and hatred and those things that people did to me years ago that it's so hard to release for so many people. But Jesus came to bring salvation, and in that salvation is freedom from, from all those hurts, from that bitterness, that hatred, that resentment. And He's calling us today to let it go where pastors maybe even have hurt you, where family members hurt you and offended you, it is time to let go of that. And if we continue there in chapter 6 of verse 12, it says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust. Do not let sin reign. Don't let it have dominion in your mortal body, that you obey it in its lusts. 
There are so many people in ministry or associated with ministry that, that by our actions and our decisions, we brought shame to the ministry and even to the name of our God. And it should not be that way. And I will go even further and say those of us who claim to be Christians should live our lives in such a way that we do not bring shame to his name. We should live our lives in such a way that we bring glory and honor to the name of Jesus, that our Father would be glorified upon this earth. This is a day that God is calling us to freedom. This is a day that God is calling us, and even here in America where many of us live, and, and people are often, often asking, you know, what's God doing in the American church? What's he saying? Where is he taking us? What is he doing? What's, what's God saying over the American church? And brothers and sisters, God is calling us to live a life of holiness unto him, and I'm not referring to the length of our hair or how long our sleeves on our arms are. I'm talking about living holy, set apart as, as godly, righteous people for the purposes of God, calling us out of darkness into life, calling us out of a lifestyle of sin into, into a life of righteousness and purity before God, coming out of sin, coming out of that which had us bound and living a life of freedom. Because we quote the verse, he that is free is free indeed. Because the truth sets us free. Well, the truth is Jesus. He is, the, he is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. No one can come to the Father except through Jesus. He is the only way by which we can be saved. So even today, no matter where you are, how long you've been calling yourself a Christian, no matter how, how long you've been walking in this walk, I am encouraging you today. Let's come out of a life of sin and let's come into righteousness. Let's come into purity. Let's come into holiness. And let's don't take what this doctrine that's going around us right now that's telling us it doesn't matter what you do, the grace of God will cover it. You know, he will, but we must repent of it. And let's come out of a life of sin. He can deliver us. He can set us free, but we must desire it. We must desire to walk in it, to walk in that freedom and let the power of the anointing of the Spirit of God come upon us in such a mighty manner that, that He on the inside of us sets us free because what's going on on the inside will come out on the outside. And he that is free is free indeed in your action, in your purpose, in your going forth. And I know I'm recapping some of, of last month's, but it's so important that we, the body of Christ, come into a lifestyle of living freedom that Jesus has for us. It's not just something that's a myth and a story and something that's out there that we might can do one day. This is for us today that by the power of the blood of Jesus, I am saved. And by the anointing that's upon us, by the Holy Spirit, I can walk this out. I can, I can live a life free from having to sin. I don't have to give into it because by the Holy Spirit that dwells in me, I am led by his presence, by his spirit, and his conviction convicts me. And I don't have to give into the trial, the testing, and the temptation. So let's be encouraged today that God really is for us. And he really is calling us to purity. He really is calling us to live a life set apart for him.
So may the Lord himself bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the countenance of our God shine brightly upon you and bring you peace. Where you need healing, may the healing power of the virtue of the Lord Jesus flow over you right now. And may the anointing of the presence of God and the majesty of who he is set you free to the uttermost. I declare to you today, Jesus is king and the devil is still a liar. Be blessed in Jesus' name and thank you for joining us today. Be blessed. Thank you. Hey guys, thank you for joining us. Please feel free to reach out for your prayer request or just to tell us how Jesus is working in your life. Head on over to the website, www.compellingministries.com. Click the contact us link in the upper left-hand corner or see the description for our mailing address should you wish to reach out that way. May God bless you and see you in the next episode.